0: Hello and welcome to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. I'm Jenny Stevenson, your host, and joining me is Dr. Peter Bernstein. Today we will continue in our series on how to survive through adversity. Dr. Bernstein, Peter as he likes to be called, is a coach and mentor with almost 50 years of experience helping people survive and grow through trauma, struggles, and hard times, the stuff of real life. The goal of our series is to help you discover what we've experienced, that adversity is more than a trial to endure. It can be an exciting opportunity to learn, grow, and thrive. Welcome back, Peter. Good to see you. you.
1: Good now, how's my voice sound today? I was told I talk too soft.
0: You're doing good right now. It's so good. Okay. If you start to fail and, and look a little a little wan over there, I'll I'll poke you. How's that sound?
1: Really, that sounds good. <laughs> I don't know If I knew what that meant, was, yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's fine. That's good. And
0: and we have returning our very special guest from episode 17. This is 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mimi Emerald. Welcome Hi. back, Mimi. We're so glad you could be with us today.
2: Thank you so much for inviting me back. I really enjoyed the last episode. And we
1: enjoyed you, too. So we can't call you Dr. Amarillo? No,
2: just Okay, Mamie. she's, she's okay. right.
1: She fits for our program. That's good. Yeah, she's, good. she's
0: not. She, he's not Dr. Bernstein, and you're not Dr. Amarillo. Yeah,
2: just, Just Mimi. I'm human, no better, no worse than no, anyone yeah, else. not call you Dr. today. No. no. No, I'm
0: kidding. No, no. <laughs> then I get to poke you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll take turns. So I will just take a moment, since Mimi is not a doctor, I will say that Mimi Amaral is a local Bay Area resident who aspires to encourage humans to speak their truth and embrace their authentic self. She has also written two books to help bring awareness to subjects that have been pushed into the shadow. Both books have captured the interest of Kat Kramer, who owns Kat Kramer's films that change the world. The first book is Bright Lights, Dark Shadows, which explores the shadow side of celebrity and fame. And the second book is Emasculated, Men Are Abused Too. And uh, with that, uh, let me just briefly say that our title for this episode is New Beginnings Part 3. Watching people grow through crisis and trauma reveals the magnificent, unquenchable human spirit. Out of the chaos can come a new way of being.
1: And there you have the new beginnings.
0: That is a new beginning for and, sure.
1: And we have somebody who really is a, a wonderful testimonial to that. And uh, we love her, and we oh. she fits for us. Thank you, absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much. Now this is this little this person is little physically. I promise you, she's, she's a she's, powerhouse. She's a powerhouse, <laughs> and her life is a story of building a powerhouse. She's a, quite an amazing woman, and. Uh, really a wonderful testimonial to those of you that are struggling. But I want to read one thing out of one of the papers we wrote, because this also applies to her and and us. But it's crisis doesn't have to cripple us. We have choices about how to respond. I've known many people have lost their normal physical abilities due to disease or accidents. Some wallow in self-pity and despair and a victim's kind of mentality, while others, like Mimi, in spite of their crushing disability and challenges, develop a positive attitude and find a way to make life work for them. They find a way to cope and live as normal a life as they can, not feeling sorry for themselves, rising above their disability. They're inspiring, amazing people. And since I like sports, to me, those are the real champions, the people that aren't just naturally gifted, but when they get knocked down, you see that they learned from the knockdown, and they pick themselves up, and are even better. And thank you. I think you. that's a st- that's Mimi. Thank you so it? much. It is. I hope. No, you. it is. It is. I know, <laughs> I know her. See, I, it is. It's the truth.
0: There was one thing um, that we talked about um, in preparing for today, and that was that we we see Mimi as victorious. If you're talking about champions, wow! Thank you. She is victorious, and yet we also talked about how. Not everyone, certainly not everyone listening, mm-hmm. may feel victorious, yeah and we don't want to present something that we're talking about as easy or simple, sure. or give people who are struggling the feeling that they're supposed to have figured this out, and um, we don't want that to come across correct so today we are going to spend some time exploring what does it take to get to that place of being victorious? Is that yeah. fair to that say? Is, that is, yeah. It is, And
1: I think we, we talk about victorious. We have talked to, Mimi and, and, and you, you and I have sat down and talked. It's not a finite, you know, you get there and you're victorious once and for all. It's not that mm, kind of thing. No,
2: yeah, exactly. It's yeah. not at all. No. And there's no knowing once there's, you get there, once you've crossed over that. There's no, like, I know I can do this. It's just more of a trust Trust that you could walk through the hard time or challenge.
1: Well, what you do know is what you've been through.
2: Exactly. You can reflect upon what you've already been through. And because of that, the trust builds like a muscle. And you just, you, you trust that, okay, I can take these steps. I'm going to walk through this. And you face it and you walk through it and you, you, you know, get to the other side. You walk through the, the hard part and the challenge and the darkness and pick up more tools on, while you're in the darkness to get to the other side.
0: And more wisdom along the way. So that's a really good capsule of how you approach it. Mm -hmm. But how about if we kind of take it down a step and go through it a little more slowly so that people can kind of get a sense of of really what we're talking about here. And I know, Peter, that you wanted to talk about the emotional, the process of working through the emotions Mm -hmm. um, and how... What that take, what right. that can take.
1: And I, I, you know, I've I spent a lot of time with this, and, and it's been my work for f- almost 50 years. But one of the things that I uh, see is that um, it's part of the territory. This isn't something that's extreme and exceptional. When people go through adversity and struggle, <laughs> they're going to have emotion. They're going to have emotional reactions if they're human. It's That's the normal part. It's not easy when you're in it at all. Um, in fact, I find it very difficult, and I've, been go- I've gone through it many times, many, many times. What I find, though, is that I know from my past experiences that we're going to get through it. So the hope is, as Bibi says, well, there's not knowing. Well, what I do know is I've been there before, and that somehow this is going to get itself sorted out, and then I'm going to come out the other side. It's not a simple, easy process though no and i don't want to lay that to anybody who's going through the difficulties at this time in your life um we don't want to paint a picture of oh this is we're we're on top of our game here and uh we've come out victorious and we know the answers that's not what this is about not at all not at all in Mm -hmm. fact to be able to do this kind of show is you got to go through it yourself yeah, and it's only because you've been through it, or you're still going through it. And we, I still, I sure am in new ways. Um, can you speak to other people in a more empathetic and caring way, with true understanding? And one of the things I think that comes out of it is that you become more human, and you become more humble, and real, and that that's really important. So when we on this show, we want people who are authentic and real and have the humility because of what they've been through, as well as the strength. Um, So I think Mimi is a great guest that way, because I know it's true of her. I know Mm -hmm. it's true of all of us. So Mimi, what do you have to say?
2: Oh, I was just. She's
1: just listening to me so well. She's like in a trance.
2: I, I actually did look like I was in a you trance. To just don't, a don't go a trance. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I um, I have to agree. For me personally, and I can only talk for myself. Each time a challenge comes up or a, a bump in the road, as I say sometimes, is, is I do reflect upon and be mindful of what I've already been through, and that's I think where the trust comes in. That on the other side, but there are. Are those moments where you know I get knocked on my bum and I'm like oh my gosh and I have to exhale and, and it hits me hard and I, I just wonder sometimes like okay I just have to trust and that I can get through this I've gotten through things before you know and and I can get through this too but there's still that pivotal moment where something hits you whether it's emotional relational A situation in life, or even caretaking, because you know, we all have we're doing the caretaking thing for Mm -hmm. people we love. Yeah, It's, it's not just challenging, but we don't have the answers. And sometimes just going within and saying, Okay, I can trust this process, I've been through this before, and just keep walking forward,
1: right? And I, you know, as you talk about it, I the one of the things that comes to the way you're talking about it is for real. Yeah. is that we don't always have the control. And that's one of the things we come to learn. I, I certainly have and I still do. And, and face, in fact, when I face difficult situations now in caregiving and uh, helping others that are caregivers, there is a point where I always feel, if I could only, I wish I could, I wish I could do more. I wish I knew what to do. Mm-hmm. And yet everybody looks at me and says, you're doing everything you possibly can and more. But part of me inside wants to find the answer. I want to have control. I want to find the solution. Well, a lot of the situations we're facing in our life don't have those right away. And sometimes it takes a long time to find out what the solution is. I think I'm talking too softly. No, you're doing okay. Okay, doing all right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I think that it's coming to the realization that none of us really have control all of the time. And uh, I think I remember what Mimi was talking about that I really liked, and that was, she went through some very difficult times where it sounded like everybody had control except Mimi. And she decided to take the bull by the horns and say, this is my life, and if I'm gonna die in six months, so be it, but I wanna do it on my terms, not the doctors and the medical people. Well, she took some control back, and I think that one of the things that came out of that for me was there is a point where you do regroup And you do regain control. It's not like you're out of control forever. It may not look or be the same kind of control you thought you had before. But you will come out of it with a different sense of control and mastery. That's not a once-and-for-all deal, but you know somehow you'll be okay. And it's going to be a complete—like Mimi talked, I loved what she said about becoming a new person. Mm-hmm. She really discovered herself, a new identity, a new way of being after all that she had been through. And I think that that's common for a lot of people that go through rough times. Is They they do come out, but they come out differently. Yes. They're not the same anymore. Yes. And um, they have a new identity because of what they've been through. That's a good thing, not a bad thing. Thank you. That's what. Anyway, maybe go ahead. I'm doing all the talking here. That's not what we have a guest for.
0: <laughs> well, no, you're not. You're doing, we're, we're all doing just fine. And uh, it's my turn to talk because I'm going to say you've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. We'll be back after a short break. Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson. And today we are in the studio with Dr. Peter Bernstein, Peter, and Dr. Mimi Amaral, just Mimi. (laughs) And before our break, we were talking about um, in times of crisis and adversity, we can feel certainly for a good section of time that we have no control or we don't have the control that we want. And yet, uh, Peter was saying that at some point, we start to come through it, and we start to develop a sense of control that may be different than we thought or had wanted, Mm -hmm. and also maybe a new sense of identity, that we're not the same people we were before.
1: I'd like to have Mimi kind of tell us a little bit more. I know she said this in the 17th episode, just to fill people in a little bit about, not the whole story, Mimi, because it's a long one, but what you finally came out of to reestablish your control of who you were
0: mm-hmm. um, just I remember she part. said you said that happened when you left the hospital or you left not left the hospital but when you went out and decided you were going to change your treatment plan
2: yes yes um first everything that i i believe in is on a spectrum so at at first the first i would say 20 years of my life we were doing the western medicine you know aspect and giving it a chance um, and then when I was about 19 and a half, or 20, I basically said that um, I want to make my own choices. Um, I personally don't believe in control. I believe that there's, we, we can make our choices and move forward from there. Um, and that's what I did. I told the doctors and my family and, and my parents that, okay, we've given this a try. And I respect and, and think that science and the medical industry is beautiful and that they have a place, but I also feel that there's a spectrum and, and there's more things to interact with, such as Eastern and holistic and meditation and uh, um, you know like herbs and nutritional nutritional, herbs, nutritional aspects and working out and that's what I did is I integrated um, a little bit of everything and use the western side of it as needed and only as needed
1: no but you can't to that point if the doctors told you, you really they'd that you only had six more months to live.
2: Well, at 15, they said, okay, you have six months to live, and I did not succumb to that. And they're like, we don't understand why you're still alive, but we want to do all these treatments on you, any, everything from chemotherapy, immunoglobin therapy, and then so for and shots. Um, so from the first six-month marker, they said, okay, well, you'll never live into your 20s. It just it's it's highly unlikely. That was a probability. Um, But we still want to give you all these shots and the therapy. And I looked at my parents and said, "Okay, we can try this. Um, That was basically their wish. And I agreed. And then I said, once this is done, I want to be able to choose for myself make my own decisions Um, and that was agreed upon so the shots I I would have to say that because they gave me shots every week of everything I was allergic to so I'm guessing that that did contribute to why I'm sitting here talking to you today the other stuff like the immunoglobulin therapy the chemotherapy and all the other um, induced therapies just they did not uh, benefit me they made me actually my blood work come out worse and my immune system and and my medical issues were worse than they were prior to doing their medicine.
1: So up to that point, too, you were kept very isolated because you were allergic to everything in the environment, cool. allergic to your own system. Mm-hmm. And the doctors felt that the something was going to kill you. That yeah. there wasn't really much chance because there was so much vulnerability. Correct. Correct. Okay. And then you reached the point of going, well, if I'm not, if this is the way I'm going to die, then I want to die on my own terms. I yep. want to go get out there and try something different.
2: Yeah. Basically what I said is if I'm going to, uh, if I, 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 how did I put that? I, I want to, um, if I'm going to live to live or live to die, I want to do it in, in the manner that I want to do it. I want to mm-hmm. give it, give it a try. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically I stepped out of that situation and started making decisions for myself. Um, I even got my own apartment, but prior to that, it was, um, a sterilized room at my parents' house, doctor's offices and hospitals, you know.
1: How long ago was that now?
2: Oh, my goodness. Oh, 30 years. I had, so to, think says, I had says, to think about that. Here she says. I would call that a victory.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> wow. Thank you. absolutely. Thank you. Wow, that's great.
2: The other thing is, um you know, I mean, like I had said prior in, in the last episode that, um, I felt kind of like looking back now as an adult I, I look back as the first 20 years of my life basically just training for my life because it, it, it's I didn't know anything different so at that point in time going through it I just thought it was just it is what it is it's normal and then towards the end of it I was understanding and being mindful that whoa this isn't working it's like it's like expecting something to change doing the same thing over and over again so that's why stepping out into the world to live to live or live to die I didn't have any second guess about just stepping out because it's like I was in a cycle. We were doing everything. Nothing was changing. Nothing was getting better. And, and why continue that when I know it was getting worse? Mm-hmm. Um, it was time for me to face and acknowledge that Western medicine was not helping and working and take and that trust and th- courage and step through the fear and allow the fear to actually empower me to take that step forward to make the change i had to acknowledge it
1: okay that's and face it that's a courage courage has fear to it too Mm -hmm. but it's when you step beyond it and don't let it stop you Mm -hmm. i'm just just thinking about uh yeah i I, i'm very impressed i mean i'm in awe of listening to this story And uh, I love it. I love what Mimi does, and I know who she is today, and she's a a lovely lady. Thank you. Um, Exceptional in some ways because she is so human, so compassionate, and caring about her fellow man because of what she's been through. She has that empathy. And that's one of the things, when you've gone through this and you're stripped, you're you're forced to look at yourself in new ways, and Mm. it doesn't feel good. But there's a vulnerability and a humanity that you begin to discover about yourself. And obviously, here we are 30 years later, and Mimi's talking about her humanity. Yes. And she definitely has humility. She won't let me call her doctor. Please don't. Mm -hmm. That's the third time you all said that. Doctor. No, she's going to get mad at me. (laughs) it's (laughs) the fourth. She's going to get mad at me. But this is a woman (laughs) that has humility and empathy and caring, for sure. Yeah. Um, because of so much of what she's gone through. I do want to talk about some other parts of that, though. Yeah, so do I. I
2: want to kind of express.
1: Tell me what you want to talk. you got your note card there. Go ahead. I
2: do have one note card because um, I basically was asked uh, multiple times in my life, like, so what do you do? How do you do this? And I really had to sit down and reflect and and be real and honest with myself because that's the Mm -hmm. one thing I do is I call myself out. I really do. I look at myself and say, okay, how are you contributing to this? How are you co-creating this? What do you have to own? And how are you going to um, really integrate and change what is happening here? And I want to go further, you know, in a few moments after I describe kind of the recipe that I use for myself. And I'm not saying it's going to work for everybody, but I also want to just kind of note that you know, just because the first part of my life seemed like it was just, you know, something normal. It's when I got out into the world that I really got knocked on my bum and realized that, you know, there's, there's emotions, there's pain, there's a lot of things that happen in life that you you just, for me, I cannot run away from, I will not run away from, I have to face it, I have to look at it, and I have to own my part in it. And then I want to grow from it. And the, the recipe that I say for myself, is not just resilience. I think resilience is definitely a piece to the recipe, like a pie. Um, but resilience also comes, it's like building a muscle. I think Peter and I were talking about this and Jenny earlier about, you know, the more you use it, the, the stronger it gets. So for me, resilience is a piece, but also empowerment um, and the attitude around empowerment. Um, I'm the- going to
0: stop you for just a second because that's a word that people can throw around. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by empowerment?
2: Oh, empowerment. Um, so it's it's like also, well, some people call it positive, but I don't use positive because it's a, it's a hot word too. And it's got a negative connotation, like if I'm not positive and I'm having a hard day. So empowerment is more of a, I'm going to empower myself and challenge myself to see what I need to see, acknowledge what I need to acknowledge, and then take that energy that's either within or from source or or something that sparks within each human, some people have it more than others, to kind of that added extra push, that added extra empowerment. Um, to stay focused and do the self-actualization and self-growth. Okay,
1: okay. let me slow you down because you're throwing out a lot of important stuff. I don't know if everybody understands it or not. My And I think g-
0: it's important. It is yeah. important.
1: And I want to go back to how she started this. And this is, Mimi's saying, she takes responsibility and she faces things. She doesn't yeah. run away. Yeah. And that's the, One of the foundations of this program is what Mimi is bringing, and I'm not saying she got it from us, she got it from her own life, is that she doesn't run away from difficulties. She embraces them, and she takes them on. And she takes some kind of responsibility for working them out and seeing them through. That's one of the key factors in becoming a resilient individual from the difficulties and hardships. One of our Mm -hmm. earlier earliest shows is based on that premise and here Mimi is saying it and i don't we didn't talk to her about it she's saying the same exact thing thank you um that's what you are the words that you're using i i would look for more uh...
0: i just want to make sure that the people out there listening know really yes. i mean they're just going to say i really want to know yes and and i want to make sure that i'm following you so that's why I stopped you. No, no that's I perfect. I want to make
1: sure I'm following her, too, to be honest yeah. with you. Because my, my Newark, New Jersey brain starts getting foggy. Yeah,
0: empowerment in New Jersey is, is yeah, something entirely different. Yeah, in and, and Newark it's different. But go, yeah. That's another conversation. Yeah, that's <laughs> another conversation. <laughs> I want to
2: hear that one. Yeah, that's part of my
1: wonderful past. Oh, got to hear it. Yeah, okay. So, so tell us a little bit more about what you're saying. But if you, if it comes out, you talk your own way. Go ahead. But I... Yeah, please I will interject. ask you to clarify. Please, we did it in an earlier conversation today, not on the radio. And you brought up some good points about stigma and uh, words that people hear the word and they they avoid it. They Correct. run away. They don't like it. Correct. And it may be a misunderstanding. So I thought you were really right about that. And that Thank was about you. trauma and crisis. Mm-hmm. Correct. Absolutely.
2: Well, be, for me. I- you had mentioned, you know, while wow, you've been through trauma, and for me, again, it was just something really normal. And there's, I, I would guess, that there's a lot of humans in the world that they're going through difficulty, but they're like, they look at people who are going through trauma and they say, "Well, it's not that bad." And they've kind of, we've talked about that word, adapting too, adapting to an unhealthy situation and getting into, you know, a repetitive, oh, you know, situation to where it's a cycle and um
1: i know the word for it since we you know wrote a book on trauma and that's called reenactment but yes I don't, uh we don't want to use that word right now yeah so what is it that you're
0: yeah where about? do we want to go with this do we want to go back to mimi's point about empowerment or do we want to clear up the stigma around the word the trauma
2: stigma i would i would lean towards that if i may go ahead interject um When people hear trauma, then they say, oh, that's not me. I shouldn't even listen to this, this, you know, discussion because you could be in an unhealthy situation and not have it be physically traumatic in the mind or perception of an individual. And that could be, you know, denial, as you had mentioned, just the word itself, trauma, people might turn off because they don't think they're going through something that's difficult Absolutely and right. they might actually really be going through something more difficult than they know because you had reflected that my medical trauma was trauma and it
0: doesn't seem that way to me but peter made the distinction between shock trauma mm-hmm. and other kinds of experiences that we would consider trauma and other people might not. Yeah, because they and live what, it. Because what happened to you wasn't, wasn't really a shock trauma. It wasn't mm. like a single event that devastated your life. You mm-hmm. had an ongoing series of things going on. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to clear up that the stigma around that's not trauma okay
1: yeah. let's hold on to that because our technician just gave you some kind of signal yes he what did what is that
0: his signal is that we need to get ready for another break here but we have a little time
1: oh we do a little see she understands the signals of technicians that's my job that's her job that's what she is <laughs> she, was a, she was an engineer so of course she gets it I'm sitting here going, what was that? Oh. Okay. All right. So, well, let's get back to it because that's very important. Yeah, let's we, see if we can clear that up before we break. We do specialize. We have done so much work with trauma and recovery and helping folks. So we do know a lot about it. But I think what Mimi's saying is it's one of the reasons I don't want to be called doctor, and I bet you it's why she doesn't either, because of the stigma.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: people have an immediate negative reaction to it, even though we're there to help them. I realized it's something that they'll turn off to immediately because they don't want to believe they're sick. They don't want to see themselves as sick. We learned this very powerfully with dealing with Navy SEALs. And they we had some who came in in wheelchairs after severe wartime accidents. They didn't want anybody to feel sorry for them. And they didn't see it as traumatic. Mm-hmm. But when I walked in the room, all of a sudden, they thought mental illness. And that was the minute I heard that, I went, forget it. We'll take care of some of the physical reactions that you've been through and help you with the pain, but don't even bother with it. If that's what you feel about it, then don't look at me mm-hmm. that way, because I have no investment in starting to deal with mental illness with you. Right. And then it was an eye-opener to realize that there is stigma. Trauma does have stigma to it, and I think that I mean, he's absolutely right. Crisis does. Mm-hmm. We understand what it means, and we may see it in a, in a, a, a deeper a more a deeper understanding, but a lot of people, that's not where they're coming from. And they hear it and they go, well, that's...
2: That's not me. I uh, can't I, really. I wasn't
1: traumatized or I didn't go through trauma. I just had rough times. Mm-hmm. But it was traumatic. But they don't see it that way because they had to live through it. Mm-hmm. Right. And they survived it.
2: Or they're living through it.
1: Or they're living through it right now.
2: They're just adapting to the pain.
1: Well, you ha- Well, you know what? You have to. In some ways, that's part of getting through it. You, you, can, you need to begin to accept your situation, and then there is an adapting that goes on. You have to adjust.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's come back to that. And uh, you've been listening to The Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. We'll be back after a short break. Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson. Just before our break, we were talking about the experience of hard times, struggles, crises in life being, in fact, a kind of trauma, and how to destigmatize that. Mm-hmm. We
1: were, and we're also talking about when people are going dealing with it, and that's an ongoing, not a shock trauma, but an ongoing. Well, after a while, they don't see it as a trauma. They see it, well, that's my life, and that's what I'm dealing with. Mm -hmm. Other people can look at it and go, whoa, this is rough.
2: This is unhealthy.
1: It's rough. It's rough times. You're dealing with rough things, difficult things, and it scares a lot of people. But when you have to deal with it on a day-to-day basis, caregivers do this. I'm a caregiver. Jenny's a caregiver. You're a caregiver. Yes. We deal with stuff that's really, brutally hard, and you have to begin to accept what's going on and make certain adjustments and adaptations. You got to. Otherwise you're always in this state of emotional horrible upheaval. Yes. And it's a just it's it's a 24/7 emotional burnout. Yeah. And it's terrible. It here's the thing. It doesn't mean we don't have to get to the emotional impact of these things mm-hmm. on our own time. I do it privately. I do too. Um, but we get to me it. Too. And for me, I, I had one last night. Woke me up after a very, Jenny and I were caregiving for my wife's Lynn. Very yes. rough day. And yeah. I handled it pretty well. Yeah. But in the middle of the night, I woke up. And there it was. Yeah. And the full impact physically mm-hmm. was on me. And mm-hmm. I knew what it was. And I, I know how to take care of it um, yeah. to get out that emotional, visceral material. I'm not saying it was easy, and yesterday wasn't easy at all. And as far as I'm concerned, other people would have looked at it as this is traumatic to watch, to see what's going on. Mm -hmm. We live with it. Mm -hmm. Um,
2: I think that might be the key right there is that because we are walking through it as caregivers in that situation, um, we don't see it as a choice to, you know— not feel it, not be in it, because there's nobody else going to care for your wife but you. There's nobody else going to care for my mother but me, and and whoever you're taking care of and my care wife. for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It's not traumatic to us. We just feel, if I may say, I don't know, I can't speak for you, but for myself, um, I just, I know I have to walk through it. I know I have to face it. I know that, okay, if it's getting so overwhelming that it comes on, it usually for some reason comes on the shower. I just burst out in tears and let it all out. I do not hold it in, Um, but it's, I don't think it's traumatic for us in the sense that, oh, my gosh, we feel like this is trauma, but Again, you said somebody from the outside looking in could probably definitely identify it And that's why while we're going through something we all as as humans We may not know a a relationship is actually damaging us or being unhealthy and traumatic Or a caregiving situation is actually really pushing us to the limit emotionally mentally And to cry whether you're a man or you're a woman It's healthy to let all that out Cry, get it out, go in the shower, go for a walk um, there's multiple ways to not let it lock in your body because then it will make you physically sick. It, I
0: know that, that, Peter, that is one of the things that's been part of your career is is the recognition of um, emotions in the body and how ignoring that is in uh, kind of an incomplete way of seeing how this happens.
1: It's you know? true it's, it's that I'm glad you t- bring that up because my life has been dedicated to... Realizing in that it's, today it's it's common knowledge. So many books are being written about it. To really resolve trauma, you've got to look at the body and mm-hmm. how the body holds the pain and the trauma, whether we're conscious of it or not. We know that you can counsel people and talk to them and do whatever you want, mentor them, uh, whatever you want. It's not going to resolve that trauma. I'm, I'm not talking about curing. I'm talking about healing. Unless you get out the emotional content in some way, that's yeah. not destructive, and begins to release the pain that's stored in the body.
0: That's exactly what Mimi's talking about. When she goes in the shower, she's not, there's, she's not letting it out on someone. She's just taking care of herself by letting it out. And that's, that's yeah. very important. Yeah. There's,
1: there's so many different forms of it, uh, really. And there's a lot of different ways. We call it respite care for mm-hmm. caregivers. Mm-hmm. There's, it doesn't mean you don't go back to the difficult traumatic situation, quote-unquote, But it means you got to take a break for yourself. You got to, if you're feeling that pain, you got to have a way of letting it out. If you're feeling a need for a break, you got to go do it for a little while, because you're going to immediately come back to the same situation or worse. But you need something to keep yourself balanced and restored while you're going through this. Correct. Um, I want to reinforce it because we are sure getting a lot of people now coming to us that are caregivers that are overwhelmed. Uh, particularly if it 's with their loved ones uh the pain is excruciating mm-hmm. um, uh it can be it can be deadly the uh,
2: emotion and the helplessness feeling like you want to help, but there's nothing you can do but watch
1: it's no a, control it's terrible, again yeah. there
0: 's the control again that we don 't have it now. is so
1: hard. Yeah, And the truth is the, the statistics for caregivers dying before the people you're taking
0: care of is so they're high. they alarming. It's, it's close
1: to 65%. Correct. That's pretty darn high. And
0: people yeah. we have known, this is people we have known has happened. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And never expecting them to go first because they're dealing with such sick right. loved ones. Right. And they go first. We've yeah. seen it a number of times. Now that I'm going through it, I could see why. I didn't believe it. I was a, I was a skeptic not anymore. Yeah. It's devastating. Um, what it does to the body, the uh, stress, the, the, the stress is huge. And what what when they talk about respite care, it's a necessary thing to do. A lot of people have a message interesting to other caregivers. When you're taking care of somebody that's really ill, you know you I don't know about anybody else but they come first. About everything, you can see their need, and the, and you keep putting yourself aside. Mm-hmm. Very common. Mm-hmm. There's also a voice in our heads that I find that to be very universal. Never mind clinical, and it's saying you're being selfish if you want to take care of yourself or you need to. Mm-hmm. That's a lie. Yes, my I had an old. I agree. Yeah, and you know what? They, I used to deal with it clinically. Forget that. Now that I see, it's universal. And I, had I think a, it's
2: conditioning. It's
1: awful. It's, it really is. I had an old colleague who since passed away, Mondo.
0: Mm-hmm. They
1: worked with me for 40-some-odd years and met through Jenny. And he's oh, he a
0: wonderful man.
1: But he used to call it our, our committee.
0: Our committee.
1: And he says, your committee is really strong. Yes. <laughs> and our committee will mislead us every time. It will make us feel wrong about needing to take care of ourselves. And instead of knowing how important it is for self-care, Mm -hmm. that a committee will tell you you're being selfish Mm -hmm. look at the shape that your loved one is and you're worried about taking some time for yourself You are being selfish. But
2: I think if we flip that, it's not being selfish. Because if we don't do self-care and we don't take care of ourselves, how are we supposed to help our our other, our loved one? Absolutely. We have to take those moments to cry in the shower, Mm -hmm. to sit in in the park and just hold on to the ground and cry and and say, okay, I need strength. It's okay for men or women to cry. And if I may, because I don't want to lose anybody out there who, because the word trauma keeps coming up. Trauma doesn't necessarily mean that you were physically um, or sexually, like, assaulted. Trauma can be something that's just unhealthy, repetitive, in emotion. It could be a, a relationship. It could be a situation like I was in with the medical industry. That, that was basically a repetitive um, cycle that was not changing. We were having a hope that, um, you know do the same thing and hope for a change that's the definition of insanity Um, I needed to step up I needed to own I had to acknowledge and say I need to take these steps so if if we say trauma I would just and you know interject definitely please but I just want to make sure humans out there are listening people people out there listening that um, trauma doesn't have to be some significant you know
1: physical physical
2: abuse or or somebody got raped or somebody had a a gun pointed to them it can be something that is just continuous like a um, unhealthy relationship uh, unhealthy working environment uh, unhealthy family member the energy around that and i also just want to kind of interject because this is something that i had to do and jenny and i were discussing this uh, earlier before peter came that energy my back. we oh my are oh my we God. are and we That'll didn't go. even include him or even oh like God. clue okay. him in okay I'm with, uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm with all of
1: you out <laughs> he's there he's awake now she's gonna <laughs> they're gonna fill me in too so i'm in i'm in the dark with you all of you
2: it's uh, basically energy and moving away from humans who are people as peter say um, it's okay to move away from unhealthy people. It's okay to say, I have to pull my energy in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay to acknowledge that not everybody is going to be a healthy interaction with us. Absolutely. A- and not feel guilty for moving away from you know humans or people, as you say. So well, there's two sides be- to that. Yeah. And we
0: talked about that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so so let's, let's do that. But first... You've been listening to The Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma, 103.3 FM. We'll be back after a short break. So what are we Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson. Just before our break, uh, Mimi was talking about energy and her concept of energy and how it relates to her keeping resilient, working through the difficulties in her life. And the last thing she was talking about was that uh, one part of trauma could be staying in in an unhealthy relationship that just is cycling and going nowhere and that it's okay to leave. And one thing that I remember, Peter, you talking about earlier, and I want to make sure we point out, is that there's a difference between leaving an unhealthy situation Mm -hmm. and running away. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was what your notes said. That's what my notes said. <laughs> yeah. I well, no wonder I didn't know get that out was. versus run away. Yeah. Okay. So,
1: There's the difference. So you're hearing. I read her notes and I still didn't yeah. know about this. Okay.
2: <laughs> Another uh, reason we're bringing this up too is because yeah, I did write a book about the um, emasculation of you know men, and it's emasculated men are abused too, and it's a subject that nobody wants to talk about. Is that um, men have been emotionally, mentally, physically. Uh, spiritually abused and emasculated and the thing is is from what I've heard from testimonies that are actually in the book um, men were expected to just you know buck up and take it and you know men are supposed to stay in relationships and how is this happening, you know, handle your business. And, and there are many men, not that I just know personally, but also that have come and, uh, via Facebook, via, you know, emails and website, um, say, thank you so much for bringing this subject up because we have tried everything. We've tried, you know, fixing it. We've tried, um, changing ourselves like, Oh, it's, if I'm just more patient or if I'm you know, self actualize more or take care of myself more.
1: What's self actualized? Yeah, really?
2: I know. I keep using that word. That's my bad. I know what it
1: means, but what um
2: basically if I try harder and I'm more patient and I, you know, do more and then it you know Take care of myself and do more and grow as a person then this situation is going to just get better It's just going to get better and that's escapism or spiritual bypassing or or straight-up denial Um, And a lot of the humans while we were launching this book said people as you say um, launching this book Um, really said, thank you for bringing this to the light and talking about this because there's not a lot around, a lot of support around men, not even from law enforcement or anything. There's not a lot of support around men getting help, getting out of a toxic relationship. They try and try and try and try to make it better or fix it, um, or have taken the steps to improve it, um. And that's what I mean by getting out. It's okay Okay. as a man; you're still a man to get out of a relationship. But the other side
0: of it, right, is running away before you've really faced what's going on. Right now, you know,
1: I I I think this is real. Geez, I appreciate it coming from a woman because I agree with her. Yeah. But it's a politically. (laughs) uh, It's not a a a
0: politically. Definitely, right now.
1: Not now, especially now. But it's true. But women have done it too absolutely uh, put themselves through an awful lot that they shouldn't but i look at it that's also i mean it's all true but i look at it even in a a, a, with a bigger perspective and that is when you're going through difficulties and trauma and struggles your own or helping others one of the things you become to realize is how much energy it takes out of you absolutely and there is such a thing as an energy economy inside or with ourselves and There's certain, (coughs) excuse me, in some of my earlier PhD work, I studied this, actually wrote about it in a thesis. But one of the things that we you come to realize is you don't have the time for any negative relationships and things all of a sudden that you put up with before, or it was not a big, you didn't think it was a big deal. Even uh, just, I don't mean your intimate relationships. It could be your social relationships.
2: Family, friends. They're
1: family, friends, socially, in the community that aren't good, you kind of tolerated them. And Well, when you're in this kind of situation that we're talking about, there's no time for any of that. Yeah. And you have to become very efficient with preserving your energy because you're going to need it for bigger things. So whatever positive energy you have, you can't afford to start getting sucked away and have that energy sucked off by negative relationships and yes. negative interactions. And yes. unhealthy,
2: yeah, and unhealthy. Uh,
1: you know, that's an interesting thing. I, uh, I don't think I've ever been as sensitive to this issue as I am now and I've been around it a long time yeah. you uh, never
0: needed your energy the way you needed nah, it now No, well, I yeah. guess not it's And the focus tr- of it
1: yeah, It has is to, to be It's to take focused. care of my wife and then to take care of our clients and to take care of the institute and all mm-hmm. this stuff mm-hmm. But you know, it's interesting I went to a... I'll never forget how it became, it became so crystallized to me um, I've been so busy just immersed in taking care of Lynn and immersed in all the things that go along with it um, but I finally got a respite day, and I do uh, cutting horse competition and things like that. Anyway, I love it. I love. I'm an adrenaline junkie. I love racing cars, Corvettes. I love cutting horse competition, whatever. But I gave a lot of it up, uh, to be honest with you, because I just needed to make sure I was here for Len, and I just couldn't afford to um, put take be away from her for very long. And I'm. I was. To be honest with you. I was fine with that. But everybody says, "Well, it's time for you to take a break for mm-hmm. a day or two. Yeah, and I finally did it after a couple of years. And I went to a, a, a cowboy-oriented training. I'll never forget it. Most of the people there were very tuned in because my wife was also a wonderful horse. That's where she had her stroke on one of our horses.
0: They wanted to know where she was. Yep, and I mean, they
1: they were very sweet to me. They knew I was needed some time to be left alone just to do the training and and uh, but there were some other cowboy types that are such negative... I don't want to use the word. They just got to right? give you a hard time. They just got to give you a hard time. And some of them came up to me, and yes, I am considered a tough guy by them, but to be honest with you, are not like they are. And they came up, one of them was, and started his negative babble. I instantly looked at him. I almost didn't waste any words. And it's like, I have no time for this. Yeah. And I just wrote off. And I meant it. It wasn't like... I didn't even care about whether I was going to give him thoughtfulness about it. Mm-hmm. I had no time to waste with that kind of negativity. Yeah. I was there to get restored, period, because yeah. I had to go right back home and take care of Lynn. Correct. So it's gotten to be a this thing with me very in a, a very crystallized way. I'm surrounded by wonderful people. I'm surrounded by angels, our, our institute's wonderful people. The community that I live in, in Petaluma, I know so many wonderful people um, of all walks of life. The others, I have no time for.
2: Yeah, And that's okay. I just kind of want to interject saying, try not to feel guilty. Not you, but just in general, the the audience. I mean, when I moved away from the hospitals and stuff, trust me, it was against everything anybody believed, including my culture um, that I was raised in, which is the Portuguese culture and uh, Latin, Latin culture. And basically, I... Making those decisions I had to also move away From the negativity to remain healthy I had to remove myself From family members I had to remove myself from friends That I've met along the way in my lifetime Um, Not obviously back then I didn't really have any friends back then Because I was, you know, isolated But family members um, Throughout my lifetime I've had to, you know, as much as Because I am a caring human Or person I want to Love people healthy, and I just can't do that. I have mm-hmm. to know that they have to love themselves and make themselves healthy. No one can love and care someone with somebody for somebody enough um, to make them healthy, and you can't become sick enough with them to make them
0: healthy. We have talked about that. That was one of Peter's principles, and I think mm-hmm. we—I don't remember when it was we mentioned it, but basically that—that that we do not do a service to anyone or ourselves if we go into their sickness with them. Correct. We need to stay with health and help them come to where we are. Exactly. And that's what we need from other people too. If we're somewhere where we're in an unhealthy place Mm -hmm. and we find some support from a healthy person, Mm -hmm. which everyone needs at some point Mm -hmm. or another, we need to move toward their health and not let them enable us or indulge us or, you know, we talked about this today that, um, and in the time we have left, which is not a lot, but I know, Mimi, one of the points in your recipe mm-hmm. was to search, uh, to, to, to be truthful. Correct. And, and And that your process includes going within.
2: Part of it, correct. And then Peter mentioned also, you know, um, relying on somebody who is mindful and healthy on the outside too which I, I have an elder supportive. correct I have an elder who I, I absolutely trust but for me um, I have to call myself out on my own BS um, face my part in any co-creation mm-hmm. or creation that I'm walking along my journey and then I go within and I trust um, you know I, I go quiet and I trust guidance from higher self or spiritual aspect Um, some say god some say spirituality some say cosmos whatever that is for whomever then i also like peter was saying this is a very key part though because when we're going through something that's hard or or challenging we may unconsciously draw a human who's just as unhealthy Who wants to feed us and get fed off of us as well? So, questioning and being mindful okay, is this person really, truly healthy that I'm going to confide in? Oh, you know.
1: Okay. uh, You're talking about what we would call emotional collusion where they actually aren't helping you, but they're. It, they seem like they care, but they really don't. Yeah. And they're enabling this thing to just...
0: Reinforcing you in taking a path yeah. that is really maybe not the right Unhealthy, one. Unhealthy. And that's
1: not going to be the authentic, real you. Exactly. So you're talking about, once you've come to an authentic place in your life, those are the kind of people you're going to want to be with. Correct. And anything else almost seems like a waste of time.
2: Yeah, and, and, and like really seeking that truth, that inner truth. For yeah. me, I go in, and I said before, I said rather than seeking answers outside go within for truth
0: and let me if I could just frame this for a moment which is we're talking about we when we find ourselves in a really hard place a difficult situation in adversity where do we go for what do I do and we're talking I'm just I'm just throwing it mm-hmm, in case yeah. people are, are not following we're saying do I have all the answers inside me for what to do some of them answers may be in there, but some of them we may need some help with finding yeah Absolutely. like a sounding board well somebody it's to... true,
1: but one of the things when you've been people who've been through rough times, they all have wounds, mm-hmm. they do have scars, and that creates blind spots, so as committed mm-hmm. as here you are, Mimi is, and I am, and you are so you need somebody you need mentors, you need Correct. people who you can who because they know you beyond just your emotionality. Mm-hmm. And you know they're good people and they mean well, but they're going to tell you the truth. Yeah, they're going to. Supportively. And that's the kind of people you got to be around, yeah. particularly when those emotions are running high.
2: Yeah, someone said to me once that um, you tell me icky things I don't want to hear. <laughs> see, and it's because I love you, you know. Of you course it, I'm going to tell uh, you the, the icky things, that prickly things that you know I see. You have to decide if that is um, something that resonates with you or not. You know, the the other one real quick thing, um, and I, I think we're wrapping up here, um, but I, I wanted to say is I had a, a client a long time ago and um uh, no I'm not calling myself a doctor, but I had a client a while ago wasn't us who
0: that time. <laughs> wasn't us that time. No, no, no.
2: Um was expressing to me that um he was confiding in his friend, um And feeling trustworthy with his friend and telling him everything going on. But behind his back, the girlfriend was going to the friend saying, you have to influence him and keep him in this relationship. And that was actually detrimental to him because it was a very unhealthy situation. Okay. Um, So the best friend that he thought he can completely trust was actually... Um, working with the girlfriend, and the girlfriend would say, "Don't tell him." Okay, I'm here. so, so you got to be it, careful. Well,
1: what we're talking about really confiding. is um, no. You're talking about manipulation and collusion. You're not talking about anything authentic and real.
0: Exactly. So look yeah. for the authentic.
1: And that another story that's another it is. that's another show
0: oh, it, it my is goodness. and and <laughs> and again we have so much more we could talk about and uh, we had, we have run out of time mm. you will have to come back we are not taking no for an answer oh you guys are the best <laughs> thank you so um peter you have a a little while just a few moments if you would like to sign off in a way with with how today has gone what you'd like to sum up with a bit
1: well I... I do, I, I, and I'm listening to all this, and I'm thinking, you know, Mimi's giving examples of yeah. the picture, and there, all these things can happen, but I think there's something more to all of this, and that is what we learn from going through difficult times. Yeah. Um, does it leave us wounded? And sc- The answer is yes. And Scabs. even Even when we're on the other side and we've come through it, that mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're coming through unscathed. Mm -hmm. and because of that, you may have some blind spots, and it's okay, particularly as a resilient person, to seek some good support, and it's it's people you can trust, people that you know are are competent, capable people. Um, I think that's a very important component. I hope the show today encourages people to seek that kind of help, and I'm not talking about just therapy because there's so many different ways and so many different avenues, but seek it.
0: Yes. And we hope that people found it with us today. I hope this show yeah, I hope so. and I hope these
1: shows do yes. help. Um, that is our goal. Actually, they're helping me. Thank you very much. Um, everybody for helping me today thank you too i I feel much better now
0: thank you mimi thank you peter thank you all you've been very good you've been listening to the survivor's guide to life on kpca petaluma 103.3 fm i'm jenny stevenson if you'd like to know more about our show please visit our website the com. thank you so much for listening please join us again